and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers! On today's Big Gay Agenda, today we are talking with Laura Checkley. She is an actress currently starring in Screw Series 2. Thanks for joining me today, Laura. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, sort of in Zoom form. <laughs> <laughs> I have just uh, finished watching Screw and it was amazing. I heard you talk about, not heard, but I saw that you said that series, I'm sorry, I'm American, I will say season. <laughs> yeah, you so, know, I kind of flip between series and season because lots of English people have started saying season now and I think it sounds cooler. <laughs> well, because it just sounds like it's a whole like different show if you say series. Yeah, yeah, I think season makes way better sense. Let's <laughs> use season. I'm happy with season. Okay. <laughs> so in season two, you said it was more dangerous. I know, boy, were you very right about that. Um, but in the first season, in the second episode, there is a transgender storyline revolved around Troy, where one of the officers repeatedly called him it. What was it like bringing awareness to this issue in prisons? It's um, it sort of blew my mind, actually, that um, we were covering it and covering it so beautifully as well. And um, uh, Stephen White, who plays Gary, that the character you're referring to, who's, who uh, keeps saying the word it, um, you know, so many conversations when you're having to play a part like that, Stephen's a really, really great guy. Um, but it's important that we remember there are people out there that speak like that and refer to human beings like that. So it's, it's really, it's really tough. But I thought that storyline for me was one of the most important actually of series one. And um, being queer, I was just felt really, um, I, I stuck my nose in a lot and, um, and made sure that it felt right. And um, Riley Carter, who plays the part um, is, is so brilliant, and um, uh, yeah, he, he. I think he had a lot to do. Um, you know, no conversation, no stories ever written. Rob Williams, our writer, is is really good at checking in with the right people to make sure that he's writing the right stuff and telling the right stories. Um, so it was important. It's an. It was important, and and I'll be honest, I didn't. It blew my mind that 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 still happens. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's great without spo any spoilers or anything. Um, Riley comes back in series two and I was really pleased to see that. Um, this will be because... released afterwards anyway. So, oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, uh, so, so Riley Carter's character, um, ends up being sent to a, a women's prison in the end. And it's a really, really, really difficult storyline. And it's, it's, it's a tough watch as well. Cause it just, yeah, it just feels really unfair. And, and, um, anyway, um, he comes back in series two and, um, we, uh, Lee Henry, who's, uh, the head of our team, she sort of tells us all just to, no one's noticed. So let him remain here. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, it sort of, I think it sort of, uh, wraps up the story. Um, and, um, it, it just felt, yeah, I love a happy ending. So it was great to see him back. 
um, and it was just a really interesting storyline. And I, I think what's great about Screw is that there's it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of social commentary. Yeah, it's exciting, it's gripping, and you want to know what happens next. But really, the the story there's the story of the weeks uh, of the week with each prisoner is is really where the heart of the the piece is at. Um, and uh, you've got this exciting um, arc of this undercover cop and um, and Jamie Lee O'Donnell who plays Rose. Um, she uh, someone's you know there's a, a prisoner that's trying to kill her. So you've got all that big exciting plot going on, and then every week you've just got new characters coming in. Um, there's uh, another queer storyline in this in the second series. Um, yeah, and it's just it's yeah. I mean for me especially. Although Jackie, my character, isn't um, queer. Although, missed oh. opportunity. Well, I think that's a missed <laughs> opportunity as well because I'm like, maybe series three we can have a conversation about that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I can, well, actually, I think probably J- Jackie's probably fluid. I, th- I think she's probably really open to that stuff. So I'd be, I'd be well up for that for series <laughs> season three. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's um, – it's yeah, it's always important, and I'm, I'm glad that we we do it. And I hope that I hope that the trans community uh, watching it are happy with that storyline, and and um, it feels like a happier, well, certainly in season two, it feels like a happier and more positive one. There was one joke in like it was so sad what was happening, but the when there was trans written on the board, they're like, wasn't that supposed to be a secret? like no that's transfer oh yeah yeah that's um i think of god memory serves right i think um faraz uh, sorry that's the actor's name ali he 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 yeah he thinks that's referring to um the prisoner and it's not it's just it means transfer yeah and yeah and i think he doesn't he say like are we not are we aren't we supposed to not know about that or something like that yeah 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 yeah, i remember it yeah yeah that's it yeah (laughs) it's just you know the 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 comedy that's just like just stuck in there is just brilliant in the midst of all this drama. It's just perfectly done. Yeah, I think it needs it. Um, like I say, the our co our creator and a writer, Rob Williams, he volunteered and worked in prisons for years. He still does. Uh, he goes in and does workshops now and stuff. Um, so it comes from a real place. He spent a lot of time in prisons, and um, you know we got to speak to a lot of. Uh, prison officers um I got to speak to female prison officers and ask them all the questions I needed to ask them about what it what it feels like to be you know a woman working in a male prison um and and so uh, it's it's really uh, we've always got someone on board uh, someone's there every week every day um on hand if we have any questions so everything's always coming from an authentic place um but I think Rob that the humour when you speak to any prison officers, it's really important in that job. Um, you know, you're not going to go to work every day and not have a laugh. Um, and there's some, been some real funny shit that have happened in, in prisons that, that Rob hasn't put in screw. But, um, yeah, it comes from a real place. And I think the humours, I think because it's so intense and gripping, when that humour does come along, it's really needed. And I think it's a nice release. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, uh, we... Uh, all of the the actors in Screw have had a bit of a comedy background, actually. A lot of us um, really love our comedy and have spent some time in it. So, um, yeah, when it comes along, we're like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> no more crying! 
<laughs> yeah, if you were to just watch this show, you'd be like, oh, they're all dramatic actors. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, so the humor is really important. It's really, and it's funny. Rob's a, Rob can write comedy brilliantly. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, we likewise love delivering it. Uh, in an Instagram post, you talk about how this industry boxes you in, but Screw has been different. What has it been like just working on the show? Um, it's um, I've spent a long time in comedy. You know, I've been on the comedy circuit over here in the UK. Um, and what happens? I mean, originally I trained in musical theatre. I was a musical theatre. Um, I was an old turn. Uh, yeah, I did musical theatre for like. Oh, God, a long, long time in my 20s. And then I just, I was, I'd always wanted to do comedy. And I just suddenly one day was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to dance. And yeah, I want to be funny. I want to make people laugh. So I just jacked it all in and went on the comedy circuit and, and, um, and was so hell bent on being a comedian and being known as a comedy actress that I sort of left all the other stuff, pushed the other, other stuff aside, really. Um, and then once I broke into the comedy world, it was sort of impossible to then get out of it. Um, and as I've got older, um, I've, I've realized, I, you know, I want to do some other stuff. I don't just want to do, I love comedy. It will always have my heart. It's my first love and, um, it's, it's my safe space, but I've got to say doing screw has, um, reminded me that I can do the other stuff and that, um, I hope people agree, but I'm all right at it. And, um, yeah, I've, I've really, really enjoyed, um, the more dramatic stuff and, um, particularly here, I don't think it happens as much in America. You might disagree, but we get really boxed over here. If you're working class, you get to do working class kind of roles, you know, like I always get police officers or yeah, prison officers. Um, <laughs> uh, I always get working class cockney, straight talking women, um, which I love playing because it's in my bones. Um, uh, but but often you don't ever get to play up. I'll, if, if it was Downton Abbey, I'd be in the kitchen. That that's you know I'm downstairs, and that happens a lot in this country. I think unless you until you become, you know, a bigger name, uh, Jodie Comey, you can go and do anything. You know, um, and rightly so, she's incredible. Um, but yeah, so I hope that Screw has changed a few people's minds, um, and I think. Some I think comedians can make brilliant dramatic actors sometimes better because they can sort of, you know, make you laugh one minute and then kick you in the fanny the next and make you cry. You know, like it's it's just yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's. It, I think that I see it in America. You know, like someone like Adina Menzel or um, people that go and do musicals and then they, they're in a drama, they're, they're in a film and, um, that doesn't happen so much over here. Cause I remember I had a friend, Hey, there's, there's a bark. There's your dog. That, that is a bark. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had an American friend and he said the difference between us, uh, Americans and the English is that if, um, somebody pulled up in a convertible flashy Porsche next to us, an American would say, I'm going to get me that car. If, if 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 that same car pulled up next to an English person, they say, "Fucking twat." 
<laughs> show off. <laughs> and that, and that, that's the difference, you know. Um, uh, I, I think that, yeah, you, you, I think you, you guys allow each other, well, it seems from, from, over, from over here that mm-hmm. you kind of go, yeah, we can do everything and everyone should be able to do everything. Um, it's always a surprise to people in this country that I used to dance and sing. And it's like, in America, everyone can dance and sing and act and do it because they're allowed to. So, it yeah. It seems like you have to. <laughs> right? Yeah, but you do. And, and why not? Why not? There's tons of sort of triple threats over here. And I think Hannah Waddingham said it when she won, I think it was the Emmy or one of those, uh, when she was like, you know, she was talking about musical theatre acts going, look over here because we're really fucking good. <laughs> um and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my view on it, I guess. I think I went off on a tangent. I'm ever so sorry, but. Um, did I answer great. the that question? I don't know. Yeah, you did. It was great. Just say yes. Just say yes. But you were talking about like comedic actors doing emotional scenes your character went through a lot of emotional stuff in season two. How do you get your yourself into that mindset before filming? I tell you what, it's quite difficult because it's kind of the first time I've done it. Uh, I've done it in theatre, but not not in TV. And it's all very well doing it once or twice, but when you're in the room for four hours having to cry and you say to the director, like, can we just be on me first so I can get rid of all the tears? And then they come back and go, yeah, we are going to catch you in this bit. We're going to catch you on that angle. We're going to catch you on that angle. So you go like, squeezing the tears out at the end. But yeah, I, I, um, I think every actor has a different process. Um, I, I, I think it, it's really, I think sometimes it can really depend on how you wake up that morning and how you're feeling. Um, I try and get myself, I, I, I don't, prat about as much um if I've got a scene like that I have to go off and focus and um I listen to music um I I I always play a piece of music um it's by a cabaret artist called Meow Meow and it's called All the Girls and it breaks my heart every time I listen to it so I put that on I got in the zone and then when you're acting with uh, opposite uh, people like uh, Nina Sasanya, who plays Lee Henry, our governor, not our governor, sorry, she's our CM, um, and uh, and Steve and White, you know, they make your job much easier because they're brilliant. So in terms of prep, I try not to overdo it. Um, I try and see what happens in the moment. Um, but when it's really well written, it, it, it kind of happens. Um, but then, you know, and then some takes it doesn't and you kind of just not, you can't give yourself a hard time. Um, but you, you've heard about the tear stick, right? The the actors never want to use the tear stick. Yeah, I've briefly heard about it. It is fine. Like you, you should cut yourself some slack and go. I've been at this scene for four hours. It's okay that I still can't cry like I did a, two or three hours ago. Um, and yeah, you've got the it, they, so they rub. It's almost like vapor. Like um, we call it Vicks vapor rub over here. Um, yeah, we have that. Um, what you put on your chest it's it's kind of like that they sort of they sort of blow it into your eyes and it sort of gets the tear ducts rolling um but of course you can't see anything you're just blinking <laughs> it's like, um and also it feels that if you feel like you're, you're a failure as an actor if you, if you use the tear stick but I just think look if you gotta do it you gotta do it but um I didn't have to use the tear stick which is great and good news but um yeah yeah um but it's hard I've got mates that I go to them cry and they can just cry straight away whereas I don't cry a lot in life so crying um on demand 
is 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 very difficult but you know they're on most jobs directors and 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 the crew are, are really great at giving you time and um it's really quiet on set and uh, you know no one's no one's mucking about they we all know when to focus and give that person the time and space that they need so um but you do feel the pressure because it's you know you can't keep everyone waiting forever whilst you find the tears you know mm-hmm. when i was little i used to think that i couldn't be an actor because i couldn't make myself cry <laughs> But I feel like a lot of people think, I used to, I taught for years in a drama school and um, I used to have this conversation with the young actors all the time. And, and I was like, being able to cry does not make a good actor. Like, it's great. It's a great skill to have. But ultimately, we're not all built the same way, are we? And we all have different armor and I have a lot of it. Um, so, you know, thinking about my dead cat, it don't work for me. Every, every, everyone has a different method. They either have to be in the moment to cry or they have to listen to a piece of music or they think of somebody they've lost or whatever gets them where they need to get to. But I tell you what is a really interesting conversation to have is beyond that when you go home, your body doesn't know that you haven't been through that trauma. So it takes, it takes a while to, for that to leave you. Um, and I don't think we have those conversations enough where you are having like when you are doing intense jobs and you're having to really go there emotionally every day for six, seven weeks can take a toll. And I was, I've got to say, I got really ill whilst filming um, season two, although it was really cold up in Glasgow. Um, and I got really run down. So I think my body was going, Hey, what's going on? Why are you so upset all the time? <laughs> are you okay? Um, yeah. Let's make you rest. and Let's make you ill and rest. So yeah, it's, um, it's, listen, I love doing it. It's, you know, I'm not digging holes in a road. You know, it's, it's a great job. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to put yourself through that, you know. My next question was actually, what do you do to get yourself out of it? Because a lot of people talk about how you get yourself in it. But then I was, I'm really passionate about making sure that mental health is talked about. And that can take such a toll on you. So yeah, I it does. To, is there anything yeah. you do right afterwards? I have a large glass of red wine. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably just call my girlfriend. Oh, sorry, wife. She's my wife now. Just recently married. So, um, uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can't believe I'm fine. Uh, yeah. I can't believe I'm, I'm married. It feels weird to say wife. I don't know. Sort of patriarchal. I don't know if I'm cool with the word wife. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I, I still like to call her my girlfriend. It still feels quite hot and new when I say girlfriend (laughs) um uh yeah so I mean obviously um I I I recently did a play at the Royal Court in London um and we had a uh, a big chat they that they offered this service um where you get to talk through um any problems that you had or anything you were struggling with content in the play or um yeah, any sort of problems you had with to do with stage fright, anything like that. They had uh, a team of people who I can only describe as sort of therapists, really, that we had available to us. And they were available to us two weeks after we finished as well, um, which was amazing because they, they actually approached the subject about actors being um, what happens to them beyond the job and not just... Um, emotionally but like there's financial worries and and how you just suddenly meant to just you know you've been going on stage and putting yourself through something for the last three four months and then it just stops um and people can really struggle with that and you know not just the unemployment part of it but also just 
it's like a drug going on stage and I suppose it's something leaves your body suddenly and it's your body goes what's going on and um yeah that they, they, they were they were available to us and I've got to say it was incredible and I think they it needs to be on every job um because yeah I think if you are dealing with really difficult subjects that you find triggering that you know that 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 just feel really impossible and difficult. We just sort of deal with it on our own. I mean, look, I'm in, I'm, I'm 43 now and I'm just like, ah, well, I just deal with it on my own. I've always done it. And actually we, that's not, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to do that. Um, so it'd be really cool if that could, you know, be implemented in the film and, and, and TV industry. Um, hopefully it will. But um, for me, I, uh, yeah, large glass of red wine. I call my girlfriend wife and um talk it through and yeah and I might whack on a bit of comedy I just anything a bit of drag race always helps me I've got to say anything that just sort of I can just sit there and sit in a happy place for a second um yeah and, and even with you know doing comedy that can be exhausting as well like physically and and and, and all the stuff you put yourself through so yeah I um yeah I'd, I'd like to say something really clever and brilliant but yeah I just go home and chat to my girlfriend <laughs> and just, put it all on her <laughs> we just talked to uh people at Solace Mind who worked on Heartstopper and did mental health for them and they had it uh, available to them so hopefully it will become more widely that is incredible popular. what are they called Solace Mind Soulless mind. That's oh, okay. That's really good to know. Well, that's great. I hope it. It, they should, it just be, should be on every job, and have that that team that's sort of more objective that you can just go and speak to, and it's in you know, um, you know, complete privacy, and um, that you feel comfortable being honest or whatever. Yeah. That, oh, that's amazing to know. Yeah, it's glad people are probably taking mental health more seriously. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you also have a podcast called the Proper Class Podcast. Can you talk a little about talk a little bit about what it is and why you started it? So um, I started it back in lockdown. I mean, who didn't start a podcast in lockdown? <laughs> um, I, you know, it's been something I've been thinking about for a while, and I'm very passionate about. Uh, the working class and what it means to be working class, particularly in this in industry. Um, and I have a, my co-host um, is a Jewish working class theatre director. And we often would sit down and, you know, moan and, and um, chew the fat over the, the industry and, um, and what we would come up against, not only as women, but as working class women. Um, and I read this article once, I can't remember for the life of me where it was from, but um, it really got my go. And it said something along the lines of um, working class people spend their lives trying to run away from who they really are, something like that. And it really pissed me off because I'm, I'm really proud of my roots. Um, uh, and yeah, I called Hannah and I was like, can you believe this article? And I sent it over to her. She went, oh, it's really pissed me off. And I was like, we should say something about this and we should do something positive. And I think certainly in this country, working, being working class can, can be associated with it being quite bleak and um, without hope. Um, and we wanted to change the minds of people and, and inspire a few. So we thought, what if we speak to you know, six people that have done all right for themselves and, and, and 
you know, against all adversities, gone and done it. And um, we try to talk to not just people in the the arts, but we've we've spoken to some politicians as well and sports people. Um, uh, and yeah, and we talk about their journey to success, really, and how they got there, and and all the prejudice that they face along the way. And yeah, just breaking down a few misconceptions, really. Um, and it's a really positive. Yeah, okay, we you know we have a moan about. Um, what it is to be working class sometimes but it's not a class bashing it's really just a celebration of being working class and we talk about really working class stuff um yeah and that's that's uh, I've sort of thought I'd only do it for lockdown but it it did really well and we got nominated for a long listed for a, a national comedy award so which we do have comedians on and it is sometimes funny but I wouldn't describe it as a comedy podcast it's um it's a bit of everything it's social commentary and it, and it is funny along the way and stuff but um yes yeah, so it's done all right and we're just um so we've carried on um but you know like like yourself it's a real labor of love isn't it um um and um yeah it's important to us and yeah we'd I'd, I'd love to be able to just do more and um, but obviously we're reliant on guests and stuff and um yeah we've got, got some brilliant amazing guests on um so yeah check it out listeners if you can <laughs> thank you for the plug <laughs> of course no, as someone who grew up in and had a mom who like had to work for everything we were homeless at one point but to become now like it's very important to show that not everybody is privileged yeah. in these this area yeah and that people have had to work really hard to get where they are so thank you for doing that oh well thanks for listening and it is important like and to hear that somebody has has done something about it and, and with their life and you know yeah it's, it's just so inspiring I think if, if um, anyone you know if I had that growing up I could hear people going yeah we had no money we we had no we had no home no food did it but you know here I am it just just brings hope doesn't it a little bit of hope I hope yeah <laughs> so what has your favorite project been to work on since you've done so many different things that's tough and it changes as I get older um I've, I've got to say uh I was in a comedy so as I said before like big childhood dreams to uh become um a really well-known comedy actress i think my big dream was i want to be on a prime time sitcom playing the lead and um i met um tom davis who's um quite a big uh, comedian over here in our country um and i met him on this other project that didn't do very well and we just sort of he's working class i'm working class we sort of and and the director uh, his director friend and co-writer we we all just hit it off and you know very like-minded and uh, we did another project together like an action comedy spoof and that did like one season um but then we did no we did no more and then they came to me with this other project they said we're gonna take you out to dinner we've got this this idea for a sitcom uh where you and tom play husband and wife um and they were like, I'm, I'm, you know, we want it to be you. And I thought, they're going to want Sheridan Smith or something. They're going to want me. They're going to want, you know, someone with a much bigger name. Um, so, yeah, we I had to prove myself and do a big commission read. And, yeah, and then I was given the role. Uh, and it was on BBC One. And we, we, did, two, we did two seasons. And it was a massive hit. And um, 
it was Terry King, the, the character I played, she was just such a doofus and a real goofball. And I got to do loads of physical comedy and, um, and it really, it really launched me. Um, you know, I've been doing loads of other jobs along the way, but this was a massive deal and it did really well in this country and it sort of catapulted me, um, just into a different level, got a new big fancy agent. And, um, before when I was being told I couldn't get seen for drama, the first thing this big fancy agent got me was screw. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's been a journey and, um, uh, but I've, I've got to say playing that role was like a dream come true. It's just, I remember we did a we did a Christmas special and it was always had this thing in my head as a kid. I really want to be in a comedy Christmas special. Cause you know, you know, the whole family sat around watching it. It was just always my dream. And we did a Christmas special. And, um, I remember we, we had this scene where we'd, we decorated the whole crescent that Terry and Gary live in. And there was just these huge like lights and, you know, really gone for it. And we, we, we were going down in the car ready to shoot. And I just turned to Tom and I was like, we're in a Christmas special on BBC one prime time. And he's like, I know. I was like, we've done it. <laughs> um, and it was, yeah, it's just really, really special job. And I've met friends for life on that job. And, um, uh, yeah. And I'm, I, you know, we'll always work with uh, Tom and James who are the creator of King Gary. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably to date my favorite, my favorite part, but Jackie's come in a close second because drama is such a new world for me. Um, and I really, I'm really enjoying playing her. So this time next year, it could, she could take over. It just, um, it's, yeah, it's every job holds, you know, I did a film called military wives, um, with Kristen Scott Thomas and, um, Sharon Horgan. Um, and it was based on a true story and it was just a whole ensemble of women. And it was just a really, really special job. And I've got friends for life on that. And, you know, it was a film, but it came out during COVID. So we got completely uh, lost. Um, and, and that, that, yeah, there's different, Jobs have different meanings where you meet your soulmates or um, you get to tell a really gorgeous story. Um, there's um, another job I was in, it's called In My Skin. It's on BBC. Uh, I think you can get it. I don't know if you guys can get it. It's on um, Hulu right now. Is it on Hulu? Yeah. <laughs> I started it. <laughs> I'll have you. I'll have you. Um, yeah. So it's um, it's a coming of age uh, a queer story, but mostly it, it tackles so many themes, um, mental health, um, yeah. And it's, I, I play the, the PE teacher who's a bit of a dick. She's a dick. Um, but she's queer and, um, she sort of tries to help the the lead character, the protagonist come out in her weird way. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it, it can be funny, but it is truly, truly heartbreaking. It's, and it's based on Kaylee Llewellyn's life and upbringing. Um, and Kaylee's a really, really dear friend of mine. I've known each other, we've known each other for a very, very long time. And, um, she'd sort of written the part Mrs. Blocker for me. Um, and it was an all female led kind of, uh, creative team directors. Um, yeah, it was, I've never seen so many women on a set and it was like, yeah, it was amazing. Um, so that, that's this really special job for me. And we won loads of BAFTAs and RTS awards and Kaylee is now a really big writer and, she wrote on Killing Eve and, um, she's busy. She's busy over in your part of town. Like she's, yeah, she's gone Hollywood baby, but yeah, she's, she's doing really well. So it, that was a special job for me and to see her just completely, um, yeah, skyrocket is, um, so I've got different ones, but yeah, I, I guess in terms of parts and it would be King Gary. Yeah. So I'm so like the long, most long winded answers ever. 
Yeah, but you're interesting, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, hello, why is she gone? Where's she gone? <laughs> I mean, there's people who will give like two sentences answers, and then I'm like, I don't know what else to ask. I, I, I <laughs> don't know like questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, is two seasons typical for that part of the world? It happens or- a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> I just wonder. I'm curious now. Or should we hold out hope for season three of Screw? Oh yeah, I, I think um, I think drama. They seem to let dramas go on a bit longer over here. But um, with um, with comedies, yeah, they kind of um, yeah. You're right. It's like two seasons and then bye. That's your lot. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is behind it. We, I mean, we certainly want to do more King Gary. So never say never. Um, yeah, we'd we'd love to do some more. I think we'll all come back together one day. I've just yeah, and we've had conversations. So I don't think I, I wouldn't rule it out completely. But yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, The Office and uh, and and Ninety Nine. I mean, Go on Faulty Towers. They're all like two two see two seasons, and that's your lot. Um, I don't know. Maybe it says more about the 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 viewing, the public. Maybe that's all. Leave them wanting more, eh? Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's kind so of frustrating I... sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Especially since, like, the seasons are so much shorter over there. Yeah, because you guys get, like, ten eps, don't you? Like, it's like, there's, like... I think we're going down to eight now. Like, we've been slowly following, because it used to be 24, 22. I mean, amazing. Then it went down to, like, 18, 16. Then it yeah. went down to 12. Yeah. And so, like, we're slowly going down. Yeah. I mean, the, the great thing about Screw is they're hour-longs. So you do, you know, you do get a good you feel like you get time but uh, often when you're doing half hour stuff six just doesn't feel like enough um to to complete the story and actually when they did the second series of in my skin they only gave kaylee five episodes to tell the story in which she does beautifully but it was re- it was a i just think it was a really shit mistake you know it's a bafta award winning and i don't think they thought it was going to be um it was against all the odds it was a tiny little show that just did so brilliantly well against all the odds and you know i i, I think i think i think it's it's hard it's a battle when you're trying to tell a, uh, a, a female-led queer story. I think it, it it always feels like a bit of a battle. You know, you get the L word, they cancel it. You get League of Their Own, they cancel it, and it just oh my gosh, you know, I mean, we're don't not talk over about League of Their Own right now. <laughs> right, I'm so upset about it. I honestly oh. was. Me and my friends are just texting, going, "What? It was like the best show, the best show to come out that year, regardless of whether you're queer or not. Regardless, it was an excellent show, and I mean, I loved the movie growing up. I was obsessed, completely obsessed. Uh, one of my faves, actually. So when, uh, and actually, I did put myself down on tape. Um, I knew I wasn't going to get it. I was like, I'm going to go for someone American. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to audition for it. I didn't get it. But um, yeah, so I've got, yeah. And you just feel like they give with one hand and take with the other. <laughs> Um, and, and so, yeah, it's interesting to, it was interesting that they only gave Kaylee five eps and, and, but she, you'd never guess it. Like she, the way she gets to tell this story in like two and a half hours is incredible. Um, but yeah, you should, you should all watch in my skin. Not cause I'm in it. It's just a beautiful story. Um, yeah, it'll make you laugh and then it'll really, you know, kick you in the gut the next it's heart wrenching. It's brilliant. And, uh, really important themes running through it. So carry Do on watching do- it, Caitlin. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm only on like the second episode right now, but I will definitely keep of the first series of the first series. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Second series is like, oh my god. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> do so over there. Do you deal with shows getting canceled after one season as well, or is that like more us? <laughs> I, th- I think it's it feels less cutthroat over here, um, but yeah, yeah, things go after one season here. Um, it's just um, you, you, you just never can tell. Like with with King Gary, it, the figures were through the roof, um, the catch up figures, and that's the other thing over here. We still do. They, I think they still count the viewing figures nightly, and no one watches anything as it's happening anymore. We all binge watch. We all, you know, I, I like to escape into a world. Um, I'm just doing the morning show currently. Um, and yeah, I'm going gl- I'm to do all of that. And then I'm on to something else. I like to sit in that world, do it all, and then move on to the next. And I think that's how most people, because of all the streaming services now, that's how most people watch TV. And it's unrealistic to um, to rate a show on whether how they're doing not on, on a nightly basis people just don't watch tv like that so yeah the catch-up figures are really great and but it wasn't that was it it was like well yeah but i don't know if we want to do anymore and that was that um it, it's just yeah you can never tell and the same with league of their own i mean that did not struggle that did brilliantly everyone i knew was watching it it was a hit madness absolute you, madness you have abby jacobson <laughs> Abby and Darcy together were just amazing. Oh, don't. I know. Don't. Honestly, I replayed that scene over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. It was so... And all the other storylines in it. And so, so brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. And it and being a massive League of Their Own fan, they just put enough stuff, nods in from the film to make me really happy. <laughs> um, yeah. What a shame, huh? What a shame. Yeah, I can't believe it. There you go. But it's just, that's it. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason. If someone waltzes in and they decide they don't, some big wig upstairs that decides they don't want it, that's it, right? There's nothing you can do about it. Um, Yeah. And the fact that they just tried to blame it on the strike is ridiculous. But that's a whole nother story. I'd heard a rumor anyway that League of Their Own had only been given like four eps or something before the writer strikes anyway, so that's bullshit. They didn't want the, yeah. they didn't want enough of it on telly, did they? They wanted to cut it right down. Why for? Like anyway, uh, that's what I heard. People probably the theory is that they didn't want to be homophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So we just give them four. Crikey, <laughs> I don't know what's worse if they would have cancelled it or just given four. Like, yeah, like okay. Mind oh you, I'd have taken gosh. four over nothing. Would you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, just we need more queer shows not getting cancelled after one season. Yeah, I know. But anyway, if you could dream as big as possible, what would your dream project be? Well, I've I've been writing for many years, you know, live shows and um, whatnot, and um, I've had many scripts in development, but nothing's, you know, I've had them commissioned, but then they've not been made. Um, so my big job, my big dream job is for me to write and star in my own comedy. Um, I'm close. I'm really close. I've been very, very close, um, with a few channels, but it's, but, uh, it's, it's, it's so difficult with the, with streamers now 
um, we have our terrestrial channels here, like channel, we've got BBC One, two, ITV, which is three, and then channel four and five. And then, then we go into streamers, streaming land like Sky and all of that. And um, uh, yeah, so yeah, you, you kind of have to start as a writer once those terrestrial channels kind of go, yeah, we're not sure if we're kind of doing that at the moment or we're not feeling that, maybe make the show this, maybe that. Um, you then have to start going, well, how would it appeal to a streaming service? And then you have to start writing differently. Um, so I'm sort of there at the moment. I've been developing a show for the last four years um, with a production company and the BBC. Um, but it's a long long road um and you can sit sit in that on that for four or five years and they say no and we're not looking for that anymore of course you're not it's five years have passed you liked it five years ago you love the idea now of course yeah so um yeah and i've got other things in development with other production companies so i just want to get something made that i've um that i've written and get it on the telly um and be in it that would be the dream that would be the dream I can't wait for that day. I will definitely be following you and cheering you on the whole way. Yeah, well, I hope so. Well, yeah, it'll happen. I'm going to do that thing with the, I'm going to get me that Porsche. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be British about it. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Manifest it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I noticed you have a dog named Bosco. Can we just talk about how cute he is? He's really cute. He's 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 on the floor now, just in the kitchen because it's that's where it's cool. It's so hot here right now. Um, oh, he's the best. Um, he's a toy poodle. He's got a ridiculous underbite. Um, <laughs> and um, oh my god, he's my baby. He's our baby. Um, he's called Bosco. So my wife is from Dublin in Ireland, and she grew up watching a kids show, and the puppet on it was called Bosco. We were hoping to get a girl at the time and that fell through and we were going to call her Beryl. So we always knew that we were going to have a dog called Beryl. Um, and then we're like, Oh, so, okay, well, there's just a boy. So we'll, we'll get a boy. That's fine. We'll get a boy. Yeah, we'll have him. We'll have him. And then we're like, what are we going to call him? And she's like, what about Bosco? I was like, that's cute. Let's call him Bosco. He looks nothing like Bosco, the, the, the puppet. He has all like red hair and whatever, but um, it's curly and Bosco has curly hair. So yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's a great little dude. Oh, I love dogs. So like whenever I see them on Do you have Instagram, do you have dogs plural? You have two dogs, do you? Or one dog? Yes. yes, I have a little Yorkie and a mini schnauzer. Oh, I love miniature schnauzers. My oh, friend has a miniature. Come here. Oh yeah. My friend uh, has a miniature schnauzer called there Maud. Right now. Oh. <laughs> I'll bring her I'll bring her up afterwards <laughs> for you. Yes, so cute. She's like that. I'm uh, resting right now. They sleep so much. Dogs sleep so much. They do. Oh my! I was God, worried at one point. I thought, I'm just going to Google this, and it is like apparently they should have between 20 to 22 hours a day. I'm like, that's the whole day. <laughs> it's like, I'm like should... <laughs> when are they awake? Yeah, we need them awake. <laughs> I need cuddles. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> So the last question I have is, why should people check out Screw? I think if you like Line of Duty, um, uh, if you, if you want to see a good drama with brilliant themes um, uh, and uh, difficult storylines and important storylines, um, and you like to be and you like on the edge type dramas, this is the one. Um, honestly, I think 
particularly in season two, you will you are going to want to know what happens next. Season one's the same, but season two is like different gravy. It's like it's I, I forgot just how gripping it 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 it, it was. Um, you're going to want to know what happens next, and just when you think it's going one way, it completely flips and, and turns the other. And it's it's a great ensemble, character driven piece, um, and it's got great heart. Um, and uh, and it's it's beautifully told and um, yeah the script's great it's like just watch it it's really good and it really feels British it's very British <laughs> um, yeah but it's um, yeah it's, it's it's yeah it's 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 super exciting and uh, we have did you, did you have you ever seen Dairy Girls I just started it I okay, was like so- oh shoot I didn't realize yeah. So uh, Jamie Lee O'Donnell, two. who's in Derry Girls, she's uh, one of our leads in it. And Nina Sasanya, I think Nina was in Love, actually. Um, she's in it too. So we've got, like, it's just a real, real sort of heavyweight kind of cast and um, great acting, great script, great stories. Watch it. And it's, yes, you're going you're gonna to eat it up. Amazing. Laura, <laughs> it has been amazing getting to know you better. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Before we sign off, do you have any final words for the listeners at home? Yeah, watch Screw. Screw. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Be kind. Stay safe. And um, yeah, and that's it. Check out Screw. Oh, and my podcast. Yeah. Which is the proper class podcast. Okay, to everyone at home listening, make sure to check out Screw, the Proper Class podcast, and everything else that Laura has worked on because she's amazing. Oh, <laughs> thank next- you. <laughs> no problem. I mean, I mean that truly. Uh, until next time, hydrate for lesbian Jesus and gay it up all over the place. <laughs> Bye. I love that. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. <laughs>